You are listening to the official podcast for ICGC Calvary Temple, Teen Chapel. Be blessed as you listen to life-changing messages by seasoned men and women of God. Keep on lifting your hands to God. We are surrendering ourselves to God. We are surrendering ourselves to God. We are surrendering ourselves to God. Keep on lifting your hands. And we are surrendering our lives to God. We are surrendering our lives to God because it's a new season. 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 We are surrendering our lives to God. Whatever sin, whatever besetting sin, whatever character, whatever issue in our lives, in our hearts, we are saying, Lord, clean us up. God can clean you up. God can clean you up. You are not too dirty for God. God can clean you up. I came to let you know that Jesus wants to clean your heart. Jesus wants to clean your heart. Jesus wants to clean your heart. And he, he, he's saying that would you allow him to clean your heart. Jesus wants to clean your heart. Jesus wants to clean your heart. Jesus wants to clean your heart. And he's at your, the door. He's knocking. Would you allow him in? Would you allow him in? You have allowed many things in. Your friends are in. Have you allowed Jesus in your heart? Your friends are in. Television is in. Social media is in your heart. You wake up in the morning. Social media is in your heart. You wake up in the morning. You have to touch your phone. But today, Jesus wants to touch your heart. Have you allowed Jesus Christ into your heart? Have you allowed Jesus Christ into your heart because you have to understand that after all is said and done after everything is said and done there is one place that we are going we are going back to our maker after everything is said and done all the parties are done all the trending topics are done all the things in the world are done there is nothing happening again you would be before your maker there is no church here again you will not see me again you will not see your friends again. You will not see your parents again. It's going to be about you and God. It's going to be about you and God. It's going to be about you and God. We are saying, Lord, touch us today. We are here before you. We are in your presence. 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 Kola shada bahaya. Makoto loko shataya baha. Lekoto shada bahila bada baha. Kandolo boho shabala baba. Kalabate kato shaya. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, it's a very popular verse, but I'm, I'm going to make you understand it in a different way. The Bible says that when the day of Pentecost had come, that they were all in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues 
Today we are going to pray about atmosphere. When the Holy Spirit comes into a place and changes the atmosphere, many things happen. And we are going to pray today because there are three things that God will do with us today as we enter into a new atmosphere. And one of the things that God wants from us is that we are supposed to be able to carry the presence of God. We are supposed to be able to carry the atmosphere of God wherever we step. Hallelujah. You want to lift up your right hands and say, Lord Jesus. Oh, say, Lord Jesus. I know it's in the morning, but say, Lord Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus. Oh, I can't hear you. Say, Lord Jesus. One more time. Lord Jesus. As I'm here today, as I'm here today, may I be a career of your presence. May I be a career of your atmosphere. In the name of Jesus, we want to pray today. The Bible says that when the Holy Spirit came, the first thing that happened to them is that they were transformed. The first thing that happened to the disciples is that they were transformed. We are praying to be transformed today. We are praying that we will be transformed because when the atmosphere is changed, when we change the atmosphere wherever we go, we are able to flow with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we are having issues at home, issues at school because the atmosphere we are in is not the atmosphere of God. But the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit came, there was an atmosphere change. Close your eyes, open your mouth and pray. Don't look at me. Open your mouth and pray. Open your mouth and pray. And say, Lord, transform me. Say, Lord, transform me. Say, Lord, transform me. It doesn't matter if you are wearing a nose mask. Just lift up your voice and pray. Today is a different day. It's a different service today. It doesn't matter if you came with your friend. It doesn't matter if you came with your sibling. Open your mouth and pray. We are praying for transformation. We are praying for transformation. We are praying for transformation. There is only one prayer point today. The Lord transform us the lord transform us
We are praying for transformation in the name of Jesus. Wherever you are, lift up your voice and pray. I don't know about you, but I need to be transformed. We need to be transformed. You cannot be the same again. You cannot be the same Daniel again. You cannot be the same Akosia again. You cannot be the same John again. As you have come into the presence and into the atmosphere of God, there must be a transformation. Lift up your voice and pray. Ashes can pray. If you're in the prayer team, pray. Media team, pray. Whatever you're doing, this is a time of prayer. Don't look around. Pray. Pray. You know things in your life have to change. You know you must grow in God. You know you must get more like God. You know you must be more like God. You know your life is not pleasing to God. Open your mouth and speak in tongues and begin to pray and say, Lord, I need an atmosphere change. I need the presence of God in my life. I need a presence change and I cannot be the same again. Maybe your prayer life is not good. You cannot worship God in church. This is the time the Holy Ghost is here to bring a transformation. You cannot read your Bible. This is the time to pray and say, Lord, I need a transformation. This is the time to say, Lord, I need to be changed. I need to be changed. Don't say you are too young. Don't say you are 13 years old. 2008, I was 13 years old and I gave my life to Christ. I was a young guy. But when the Holy Ghost came upon me, people saw me and said, no, this guy, you are 18 years old. Because the Holy Ghost was upon me and I was doing mighty things. You cannot say you are young because God is here. God is ready to change your life. Don't say I'm a girl, I'm a girl. What can God do with a girl? I came to tell you that God can do many things in your life. Lord, use Ruth. The Lord used Naomi. The Lord used many ladies. You can be a lady. We bring sacrifice. We bring sacrifice. Oh, into the house. We bring sacrifice of praise into the house. We bring sacrifice, we bring sacrifice of praise. Oh, come on, I can't hear you singing. We bring sacrifice of praise. Shake your neighbor and dance. Oh. And we offer, and we offer unto you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer unto you the sacrifices. Oh, and we offer. Yeah, the sacrifice is up. Yeah, the sacrifice. We bring sacrifice. This morning. Of the Lord. Oh, we bring sacrifice of praise into the house of the And we offer and we offer unto you. Yeah, the sacrifices of thanksgiving, and we are. 
the sacrifice and we offer and we offer unto you the sacrifice is and we offer unto you the sacrifice something amazing from the day you take your first breath so the day you finally see death there is one thing you need to give meaning to your life here on earth for by it is their life here on earth for by it the foundations of the earth were laid by it everything that was made was made it cannot lose its power it cannot fail or fade it is the one thing you must hold on to even more than the money you may have made the words of God the words in the Bible. You see, you can trust the Bible because even when scientists were thinking the earth is flat, the Bible already said that earth is round. The wisdom of men is sinking sand. The word of God is solid ground. Some trust in horses and chariots, but God's word, God's word is where my trust is found. So I'll call on my friends in high places, Queen Elizabeth and King James, and we'll study the good news until we have amplified the message that Jesus Christ died, but now lives today, NLT until we have amplified the message that no matter the cost of your airports or headphones, the Bible is the only wireless device that connects to heaven. From Genesis to Revelation, there's wisdom for every situation you will ever encounter. There is knowledge the world is yet to discover. Guidelines for living a life filled with power. If only you would read it from cover to cover and pay attention to the words of our Father. Pay attention to the words of our fathers, from Moses to Elijah, Jeremiah to Isaiah. These are men in the Bible who got so close to God that they could eavesdrop on heaven's secrets and tell us about them. These are men who got so close to God that they were up to date with news from the future prophets. These are men who got so close to God that his presence was home and his words were their daily bread. These are the men whose words you should not take for granted. Like seeds in your heart, keep them firmly planted. Meditate on them when you are confused or stranded. Then you will make your path straight not crooked or slanted, if you are careful to do all that they have commanded. See, you have the privilege of having access to a bank of wisdom that is ancient but surely applicable. You have the privilege of having access to a bank of wisdom that is APSA, ancient but surely applicable. A bank that allows you to deposit your problems and withdraw solutions, deposit confusion and withdraw direction, deposit your doubts and withdraw faith, deposit your sins and withdraw salvation. So make use of it. Make use of this ancient bank of wisdom. Make use of your advantage. Make use of the Bible. Thank you. Amen. Oh, you can do better unto the Lord.
Bibles to church. Let me see the reason that. Let me see. I want to see Bibles. Why your Bibles? What's your Bible? I'll be coming to inspect something else later on. I want to see Bibles. I said, lift it up. You are behaving like uh, some adults and old men and women this morning. All right. You have your pens with you. Let me see your pens because we are going to do a lot of writing. 
If you know you don't have a pen, just stand up. I warned you earlier on. If you don't have a pen, just stand up. And tell yourself, shame on me. We were not in church last week. Shame on you, you see. You were in church last week. And you didn't bring pen. Double shame on you. Okay, sit down. So those who didn't bring pen, did you bring notebooks? Those who didn't bring pen, did you bring notebooks? Did you bring notebook? You didn't bring notebook. You were in church last week. You didn't bring pen. You didn't bring notebook. Okay, get your pens and uh, notebooks out. You're going to write a quiz. Get your pens and notebooks out. You're going to write a quiz. Don't tear the paper from your notebook. Keep it in your notebooks. And those of you who didn't bring notebooks, you didn't bring pen, you can do what you like. Are we ready? If you didn't bring notebook, and you're holding a pen, what did you bring pen for? You brought notebook. Is that not a notebook? All right, question one. And all the questions are compulsory. Question one. Have you finished reading Matthew or John? Yes or no? Mind you, there will be follow-up questions. Question two. Where in the Bible do we see this quote? Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Give me the book and the verse. Hey, stop looking at your Bible. You are writing quiz. Question three. Quote John 1, verse 11 to 13. Quote. If you can't quote, at least paraphrase very, very well. What do I do if you're full? You're looking for John 1. You're not writing an answer. You're looking for John 1. Speak the truth. Are you not? Eh? Shame on you. It's a quiz. What you're doing is called cheating. You can look for it after the quiz is over. Somebody's not reading his Bible. I said, that is called cheating. And you were in church last week too. And you didn't bring notebook. And you didn't bring pen. And you are reading Bible when you are writing quiz. Don't look at your friend's book. Look in your notebook. When the devil comes attacking you, you do not have the chance to go and look in your friend's notebook. You do not even have the time to go and look in your Bible. That's why we are asking you to read the Bible. And some of you are still recalcitrant.
you didn't write the quiz, please stand up. You didn't write, please stand up. Whether you were in church last week or not, it doesn't make any difference. Ah, you have notebook. So why didn't you write? You didn't bring pen. You brought notebook. You brought notebook. You didn't bring pen. And you didn't bring Bible. So what I come to do with the notebook in church? The man who was reading his Bible. Have you finished reading Matthew or John? No. We're in church last week. We were not in church last week. Why? Hurry up. My time is already gone. But this is also important. Why weren't you in church last week? You didn't? I won't tell anybody. This is between me and you. Okay? Don't do it again. Why didn't you write a quiz? Pardon? And did you bring Bible? You know how to write on your phone, don't you? So why didn't you write on your phone if you brought your Bible as your phone? Or you brought your phone as your Bible? So you did a quiz on your phone. Let me see. Why didn't you write a quiz? You didn't bring pen. Have you read John? Or have you read Matthew? Those of you who are standing, how many of you have read John or Matthew? I finished reading John or Matthew, as I gave you last week. If you have sit down, otherwise you remain standing until I finish preaching. You are standing, and you haven't read John, you haven't read Matthew. Keep standing, okay? Let me see. Are you satisfied with your answer? Okay, sit down. All right. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 to 3. And now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her master. These verses shall be our memory verse for the next two weeks. Those of you standing next week, if you can't can't quote this verse, trouble for you. The Bible tells us in Revelation, the last book of the Bible, and this was the words of Jesus that he gave to John. And John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. What's this? It's not me, it's you. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Now, we are doing a series of studies on demonology, and I told you that we are going to do this study as a, as, as a Bible school, but at the same time with a certain slant for teenagers. And I want you to be very particular about everything that we do. Okay? There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Moses. Have you ever thought 
if you didn't do the assignment I gave you, you would not even think. Because you haven't even had time to look at the scripture. Why should there be a new heaven and a new earth? Has it ever occurred to you? I was going to give you some suggested answers, but I will not. Go home, meditate on this scripture, and let God speak to you. You are still enough. Sit down. You even say thank you. Or I think it's your right to sit down and punish you. I'm not punishing you. I'm just trying to make you learn some lessons in a certain way. Okay? When I was, med- I was meditating on this verse, something struck me. I've read this verse so many times. Verse 2. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God. Remember, you said we are talking about spiritual things. A city, a new city, proceeding from heaven, coming from God. I don't know what it means to you. I know what my mind has explored as I meditated on this. Go and think about it. And it says that prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Who do you think is the husband they are, they are referring to here? Those who are standing. Who, is the, who, who do you think the husband is? Today I caught you first. So me and you. Who do you think the husband is? Wow. My friend, who do you think the husband is? Don't let me stop my message for today and start another introduction. Introduction number three of introductions. That's a mobile phone, man. Who do you think the husband, the scripture is referring to as a husband? Earth. Wow. Earth, spiritual husband. You're looking at me too much. Who do you think the husband is? Eh? You to earth. The fact that somebody has said earth doesn't mean that it's correct too. I didn't say whether it's correct or wrong. You know I'm coming to you. Who do you think the husband is? You see, it shows that prophetess, who do you think her husband is? Jesus. Clap for her. You see, it's, it simply shows that you don't read the scripture. Simple. If you read the scripture, you, you, know, you, you know that the church is the bride of Christ. And right now, Christ is preparing us to meet him. Those of you who were in church this morning, we spent some time to pray about confession, cleansing ourselves, getting ourselves ready, preparing ourselves for increase. Like I told you, increase not just come automatically. You don't read Bible and you want to increase. This morning you didn't do your quiet time, you want to increase. Oh Lord, please don't let me go this direction. Why? Okay, what I wanted to say, let me just say briefly so you go and meditate on the rest. 
The new Jerusalem was coming down from heaven from God prepared as a bride. So the church that Jesus Christ has prepared was part of this new Jerusalem proceeding from God prepared for Jesus Christ. I don't know whether you caught it. If you didn't, uh, go and meditate on it at home. And verse 3 says that, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. This is your assignment for this week. Go and read and meditate on Revelation Chapter 21, verse 1 to 3. I gave Uncle Moses, uh, I call him Moses plenty. I gave Uncle Solo an assignment. He didn't do it for me. So you are forcing me to take more of my time to do it. We are all reading. Now you are going off. I haven't finished talking. Because Uncle Solo didn't do the assignment and I have to talk a little. But still get it ready for me. I'm not coming back to the slide. So you get it ready for me. We are all reading the Bible. In fact, in the second week of February, we are going to launch a new Bible challenge. And there will be levels in the Bible challenge. Just get it ready for me. I haven't started talking crap yet. Okay. There will go to the levels in the Bible challenge. For facilitators, and for those who have caught on the spirit of reading the Bible, they are less than 10, I know. We are taking it to yet another level. Even some of the facilitators, no, I won't talk about the facilitators in public. But we are taking it to the next level. So if you know yourself and you are not even finished the first level, you are moving to the next level. We are reading 10 chapters a day, between 6 and 10 chapters, minimum of 6 to 10 chapters a day. By July end, by the time we get into the um, greater works, the, the 40 days of uh, power, we should have finished reading the Bible. Level two, the, the next level for all of us, for all of us who have been serious and are reading our Bible. We're going to start from the book of Genesis because we presume that by February 5th, you would have finished reading the New Testament. So we'll start from Genesis and we'll read three chapters a day. By the end of the year, we'll have finished reading the Bible. Those of you who have been lazy and stubborn and rebellious and disobedient, who have still not read John or Matthew, next week, Sunday, you should have finished reading the book of uh, John. Did you hear me? And those who have finished reading Matthew, all have finished reading John because last week I made a mistake in the announcement. If you have finished reading the book of Matthew, just continue to Mark, to Mark and then Luke and then John and then Acts and go on at your own pace. Reading three chapters minimum a day. Are we clear? Some of us have already finished reading the New Testament and have started from the book of Genesis. Continue. Because the whole essence of what we are doing, the whole essence of the Bible challenge is to develop a lifestyle of regularly reading the Bible. So those of you who are ahead of us and have already 
started from Genesis. Uh, one of you met me yesterday. Just continue and be consistent. All right? Okay. I said, I'm not coming back to my slide. Moses, please move me. All right. So, in the scriptures, there's something about the new earth and the new heaven. And there's something about the new Jerusalem that we need to think about for God to make us understand. I recall when I was a young Christian, we used to sing songs about heaven, our home, our hope, our vision, the new earth, the new heaven, the new Jerusalem. And there was a particular song that was made very popular. Uh, it's, it's a hymn, but modernized and made very popular by Calvary Road of those days. And still be made very, very, very popular in Lighthouse. And this morning, I want us to listen to this song. And I want, I think this will be our theme song for the next two or three weeks. And I want us to think about the lyrics. And I want us to observe the passion with which even the congregation sang along as the people sang. Oh, how great that day will be when Jesus shall appear. All the world will see him in the sky. We shall have the body that know no sin or death.
But when the song was being played, I was watching all of us. I scanned, I think I scanned every single face in the auditorium. With the exception of one youth who was drumming along with the song, and a few facilitators, and one other youth who was at least nodding along with the song. The rest of us were just sitting down quietly and looking on. Do you realize, do you compare your composure with the congregation? You can take it off. Go back to the slides. The, your composure with that of those who were in church that day. Before this month is over and we enter into February, if you will do the assignment that I gave you, Every Sunday we shall play this song. And maybe the last week, that will be the only message for the day. We shall sing this song and pray and dance with this song until the service is over. Because these are scriptural truths that you need to understand and that you need to build your hope in life in. You know the Bible says that Christ in us is the hope of glory. What is that glory? And what is that hope? Because Christ is in us. We have accepted him. We have been born again. We have received his nature. The blood of Jesus Christ has washed us. We are being prepared to be part of the new Jerusalem. Because of that we have a hope. So even when things go bad, we still have a hope. When we fail, fail our exercise, we have a hope. When we fall down, we know we'll rise again, we have a hope. Even in death, we know that we have a hope. I don't know how many of you caught this, but when Ni was sharing the spoken word with us, he said something which caught my attention. He says, we will see death. You know, many people don't like talking about that. I, death is one of my favorite subjects. We will see, do you know that one day you will see death? You can't imagine it. Can you? When I was teaching this last two weeks and last week, I told us about the three types of death. We talked about the physical death, which is the separation of your spirit and your soul from your body. Your spirit is not dead like David shared with us last week. It's like when your body dies and they bury it, that's all. That is physical death. 
let me quote the words of David. Your body dies. This body that you have been adorning, that you have dressed very well this morning, you have come to church. It will die and it is dust. It will go back to the earth. But your spirit will never die. So when your spirit separates from your body, you will see death. You will see your spirit leaving your body. You will know. But if you have a hope, there will be joy at seeing your spirit leave your body. If you don't have hope, if you don't have Jesus, I don't know what kind of tears your spirit will cry when you are leaving this body behind and you know that where you are going is not good and forever you have no choice to move from that bad place. So now is the hour. If you have repented of your sins, you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, now is the time to call upon him. If you have called upon him and he has given you a new birth and he has given you that new nature, you better treasure it and grow in it. Be happy about that every day. And every day make time to thank God that you are born again. You are the child of God. Your name has been written in the book of life. You will be part of the new Jerusalem. That is your hope and you look forward to it with joy. Is someone listening to me? That is why you must be excited whenever we talk about the, the new earth or the new Jerusalem. If you are not excited, then you don't understand what your life in God is. But I pray that as you move along, we we'll understand what that life is. You know this song that we sing, Captain of Israel's host and guide. Of all who seek the land above, all that are looking for it, a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. Your word is our, is our grace. Your spirit leads us on. And our end is the hope of glory. I'm not teaching on glory this morning, but the Lord has been laying some things heavy on my heart about the glory of God. And I pray that we will catch this understanding. There's something about God that he alone knows. The glory of God. And he shares that glory with us because of Jesus Christ. Our hope is that one day we shall meet Jesus and see him as he is. And we shall be like him. And we will behold the glory of God. If you're not understanding what I'm saying, please don't be reading the scriptures. And you don't meditate on what you read. I pray to God that this week you will take your Bible reading seriously. And when some verses jump out at you, you will pause and take time to meditate on them until God begins to show you his mind concerning your life, your future. It's not about you getting good grades. He will give you good grades, but it's not about the grades. He will give you a good life, but it's not about the life. 
You experience abundant life. That is part of the promise. But it's not about the abundant life. It's about his glory. Which he shares with no person. Not even with the angels. Yet, he chose to make us in his image. Why? I don't know. And even when we lost that image, he still sent Jesus Christ to come and die for us. Scripture says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the world became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and full of glory. Lord, open our eyes to understand who Jesus is and the glory that he shares with us. Lord Jesus, I'm going to lead us in prayer until we are broken and we see the glory of God. Isaiah saw the glory of God and said, Woe is me! When Jesus did some miracles for Peter, and Peter began to have a glimpse of the glory of Jesus, he said, Jesus, you don't come near me. I'm not worthy to stand in your presence. But one day we shall see him as he really is. And the Bible says we shall be like him. We don't see songs like this, this anymore. Growing up as a Christian, these were songs we used to sing every day. There's one that is bubbling inside me now, but I, don't, I will not sing it. Because if I sing, I know many of you know, if you, many of you may not even have heard it before. But that is what Christianity is really about. Let's go back to our Bible school. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Two levels of anointing from, of, of Jesus Christ. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and he was anointed with power. If God did that for Jesus, he would do that for us. He wants to anoint us with power and he wants to also to anoint us with the Holy Spirit. My friend, you cannot sit in front and bow your head down. You're not sick. There's something wrong with you. You didn't bring pen. That's why you, don't, you, are, you are lost. Moses and please try and help me with a pen. No Bible, no pen, and no concentration. If I catch anybody like that, you come and summarize all that I've said so far. Deal. Right. Make sure you give it to him after you close. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and he anointed him with power. So he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Oh, God was with him. There are people who are oppressed by the devil, but they don't even know that they are oppressed by the devil. Like I said last week, some of us in church this morning even are oppressed by the devil. That is why we cannot sing when they say you should sing. 
That is why we cannot pray when they say we should pray. How many of us noticed that we removed the first row of chairs in the church this morning? How many of you noticed it? Some of you even don't have eyes. We removed it because we realized that last week we were not too many. We wanted to create more space for dancing. And Uncle Solomon was leading us to praise and dance, and some of us were just rigid. I saw a certain lady just standing there, just looking on. And the strange thing I saw was that it was the old people in the church who were dancing. Please, let's repent. We will deal with all those demons and we shall be liberated. And we shall praise God like the angels praise him. We shall rejoice in God like the angels rejoice in him. We shall be obedient to God like the angels do. He went about doing good, healing all those who are oppressed of the devil. There's a very close tie between sickness and the devil. Jesus healed people who were oppressed by the devil. You know, in this modern day theology in the modern secular world, uh, people will say that, oh, me, I don't think I'm oppressed by the devil. How many of us don't think they're oppressed by the devil? Lift your hand, let me see. Well, because I said this, so you lift your hand. But I know in your hearts, about 90% of us don't believe that you're oppressed by the devil. Uh, at a certain stage in this series, we will pray some prayers and you will know whether you are oppressed by the devil or not. You will know. Luke 10 verse 19. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. These two verses are additional memory verses. So, Revelations 21, verse 1 to 3, and then these two verses, memorize it and meditate on it. Don't just learn it. Meditate on it. Jesus said, I give you power. And when Jesus gives you power, you receive power. And we receive power by faith. We receive power by the anointing. We receive power by the release of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So if you don't read scripture, you don't know scripture, you don't spend time meditating, you don't read the word, Jesus gives you power, but you don't experience the power. But he says, I give you power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Jesus says he gives us power to trample upon every power of the devil and nothing shall hurt us. Let's meditate on this verse. Some of us, when we hear about devils, demons, we start shaking. When we hear about the devil, we start shaking. But Jesus says, I give you power to walk over his power, and nothing shall hurt you. You need to believe it, and you need to pray into this level of anointing. There must be increase in your understanding of what Jesus said and experiential knowledge of his power in your life. 
I don't often operate in the power gifts. Once in a while, I do. But growing up as a young Christian, I used to operate a lot in the power gifts. I'm primarily a teacher and a counselor. But I can tell you this. It takes the Holy Spirit and understanding to walk in the revelation knowledge that you have this power. Let me not digress. Okay. Matthew chapter 10. And when he had called the 12 disciples to himself, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. The Bible says, God anointed Jesus Christ with power and the Holy Spirit. And he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. Jesus Christ came teaching his disciples about the kingdom. And after he had taught them for a long time, he wanted to give them some practical lessons. Like what you do in school, when the master teacher comes and he writes some formula down, he says some things, after explaining, then he gives you an exercise to try. When you go to university, it's even more complex. You, many of us have been watching the, uh, uh, the, how do they call that thing? The science and maths quiz. Don't we? we? We watch from time to time. And some of you only support your school. You don't learn anything from it. But there's one interesting aspect of that program. What is often referred to as the problem of the day. It is a problem that has to be solved. And we solve the problem with principles that you have learned. You will not see that problem in the textbook. But when you apply the principles that you have been taught, you will be able to solve the problem. Teacher, I want to let you know there are problems in this world. God is giving us, showing us, teaching us the principles of how to deal with these things. And we shall deal with them. Jesus called his disciples to himself and he gave them power, power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sicknesses and diseases. There's a difference between sickness and a disease. Go and find out. But Jesus gave them power. Power over unclean spirits to cast them out of people and to heal them. And he said, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of God is at hand. How can you go telling other people that the kingdom of God is at hand when you yourself, you don't understand the kingdom? You yourself, you don't believe the kingdom. You are not experiencing the good of the kingdom. You are not experiencing kingdom realities. And one of the fundamentals of kingdom reality is the word of God. The Bible says you must let the word of God dwell richly in us. And if you are void of the word of God, what are you doing? 
You have a name for being born again, but your born again is meaningless. And you're not even sure that you're born again. You, you may quote the scripture, but when I start interviewing you, when the devil starts bombarding you, when the devil starts harassing you, you don't know how to answer because there's no word in you. Why has he bowed his head? What did I just say? What did I just say? Moses, please give me a mic. What did I just say? The one in the blue mask. Yeah. What did I just say? What were you thinking? What were you doing? You don't talk. Please talk as you are coming here. What were you thinking? What was on your mind? Pardon? It's impossible for, to, for it to be nothing. If it's nothing, you would have heard what I just said. You better be sincere with yourself. What were you thinking about? There's no need to be shy about it. Nothing. You're not thinking about anything. Isn't it something worrying you? No. So what did you bow your head? And you had bowed your head for a very long time. You don't talk. Okay. Thank you, Uncle Moses. Jesus said, as they go, they should preach saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. And apart from preaching, he told them, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. This is our job description. Just like Jesus told the disciples, you have been telling to go on evangelism, tell your friends about Jesus Christ. You know, and you don't even invite your friends to church. It means talking to them about Jesus. Some of them don't even know that you're a Christian. You should pray for them, preach to them, and then invite them to church. And sometimes when you are talking to someone, they pray silently in your heart. God will reveal some things to you. Tell them, and you'll be amazed at how it can change all of a sudden. And some of, you are, some of them actually may have some demons. And you learn how to deal with those demons to take so that you, the, 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 their mind that is set on disobedience to God will be released and suddenly you, you see that they are open to the things of God. But if you don't talk to them, you don't get that kind of opportunity. Jesus said, preach. Tell them the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out the devils. Because you have freely received and freely you must give. Many of us, all of us are freely received and we don't want to give. That is called wickedness. You have received freely, yet you don't want to give. This week, everybody pray over one friend, at least one. Doesn't mean I should pray over only one. Talk to them and invite them to church next week. And let them sit by you when they come to church. In Matthew 12, the Bible says that then was one brought to him who was debon possessed, blind and mute. 
and he healed him so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. Here is a typical instance of what happens to people when they are oppressed by demons. The Bible says in this case, the man was blind and he was dumb. He couldn't see and he could not talk. But the Bible says that Jesus healed him and he could both speak and see. There are several instances of this in the Bible where people who are possessed of demons are sick in one part of their body or the other. And when the devils are dealt with, they become free. In the scripture that we just saw, the scripture uses the word demon possessed. Look in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. See what your version of the Bible uses. You want to take a few of them. So, um, Uncle Moses, is there somebody there who can help with the mic? Just go around. Matthew. Is it me or is it you? It's from there. Matthew 12, verse 22. What does your version say? Wait, wait, wait. I'm doing an experiment. Have you all opened to Matthew 12? I'm waiting for one, two, three people. You are one of them, so hurry up and get there. Please, the one sitting by her, help her find Matthew. You are, too, you are in the Old Testament, you are too far away from Matthew. I said help her, you are reading your own. So let's, let's take a few uh, versions. Tell us a version and tell us what it says. Matthew chapter 12 verse 22 says, Then some people brought to Jesus a man who was blind and could not talk because he had a demon. Jesus healed so he had a demon. What version is that? Good news. Pardon? Good news. Good news. Okay, let's take another version. Good news says he had a demon. Very quickly, please, just go to anybody with a different version. Then one brought to him 
who was demon possessed. Blinded. Was demon possessed. What version is that? New King James. King James. Hey, you're reading King James. New King James version. New King James. Okay. I don't have anything against King James, but for your level, please don't use King James as your main Bible. You understand it. You can use King James and another Bible. Tell us a version and then read it very quickly. It's NIV. NIV. Yeah. Then they brought a demon possessed man who. A demon possessed. Okay, another one. NIV says demon possessed. Some people brought to Jesus a man who was blind and could not talk because he had a demon in him. He had a demon in him. What version is that? Um, you don't even know. No. I hope it's not a New World translation. All right, let's move on. Looks like I'm going to end up doing introduction again today. Um, some versions use the word demon possessed. Um, others use a demoniac. Some says possessed by demons. Others say demonized. Others use afflicted with demons or has a demon or oppressed by demons or under the power of demons. They are all one and the same thing. Uh, it depends on the version that you used. Um, there are different operations of demons in people, but uh, see, for this one verse, different versions translate it differently. Don't get confused. It's basically one and the same thing. You are under the influence of demons or you are under the control of demons. Some people don't like the word demon possess. It gives the impression that the demon possesses you. Uh, well, whether you like it or not, there's a certain operation of demons inside human beings, and God has given us power to cast them out. So, who are demons? What are they like? Where did they come from? Why are they here? When at all did they arrive here? How do they operate? Am I old enough to deal with demons? Can I cast out demons? Is it possible to be possessed by demons? These are some of the questions that we'll be attempting to address as we move on. And I want you to get involved by reading your scripture for yourself. Whatever I say, find out from the scripture to confirm from the scriptures for yourself. And I know you'll do it, won't you? Hmm. If you don't do it, you shall have proper exams. These are not quiz, proper exams. 
All right. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1, and I think all of us can quote it, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, heavens plural, the heavens and the earth. That is the beginning of time as we know it, as revealed in the Bible. And um, one of the first things that we learn as Christians is that we need to believe the Bible. If you are to understand the spiritual world, you have to believe what the word says. There are so many arguments, scientific and secular arguments, about the creation story, critiquing the Bible, saying all kinds of things. But the only way to understand spiritual things is to believe the Bible as Christians. If you go outside of Christianity, those who are involved in the occult and other spiritual activity, when they go Whoever is in charge of the deity, whatever they tell them, they believe. That's a principle in the spiritual world. They often don't understand, but they just believe. I pray that none of you have done this before, or if you have done it before, you have repented and you have moved out of it. But if you have done it before, don't feel shy. Please see us and let's let's help you deal with such issues. There are some people who have gone to consult certain things. One, either for protection or for money or for one thing or the other. Some foolish boys and girls. They go to do it so that the girls will like them or that the men will like them. Please, if you have done any of those things, don't feel shy. Because Okay, we'll get there. When such people go, they give them instruction. Sometimes they give them physical things to do certain things with it. They haven't seen it done before. But when they are told, they just believe and they go and do it. And they expect results. And in a lot of instances, they get results. Together with serious affliction that comes with it. How many of us are aware of such stories? Some of you are related to you, so you may not know some of the detailed stories, but it's very common, especially in this part of the world. It's very common. And for those of you who think, think that this thing is an African thing, Nalayo, in the West it is there. And if you are a scientist like I am and you are well read, you will understand that. No, let me not digress too much. But in the West, it's there. In the entertainment industry, it's there. In the fashion industry, it's there. In, in industry, in commerce, it is there. Internationally. You will not see it once in a while. You may come to confrontation with it. 
Looks like I can't go far, so don't worry. Tomorrow we shall continue the introduction. When I started work with Mobile Oil Ghana Limited, I was into procurement. And those of you who have a little knowledge about procurement, procurement is a very uh, troublesome area because you are prone to bribery and corruption a lot. You have to be very tough. And I was very tough. I remember there was one time my old boss came to me and said, Ah, Bijou. You cannot just be working for people who are not chopping. So which you have to look at it and say, I can't do it. Thankfully, it didn't take too long that he moved out of the company. Not long, long after that, I met one of our suppliers who was being very inflexible with, and he wanted to have his own way, and I had my values as a Christian. One day he came to me very angry. I didn't know why he was angry. He knew. Told me, say, hey, I'm telling you, in this world, some people worship Jesus Christ, some people worship stones. I'm warning you. I laughed. You can worship your stone. You can take me to where you wish. But when I call upon the name of Jesus, there's no power that can have power over me. Jesus says that I give you power to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the evil one. Jesus says he gives us power to the extent that even when we drink poison, it will not poison us. You can take me to your stones. You can take me to your river goes. I didn't tell him that, but in my heart, that's what I said. It didn't take long. I didn't see him in the company again. You see, when we read our Bible and we are serious with the disciplines that we are being taught, God puts a wedge of protection around you. You don't see it, but it is there. I remember when I was in the university. There was one time that I had a friend. We were a couple of friends, and uh, one of our friends was outside of the campus. He wasn't, he wasn't on campus, so he had a girlfriend on campus, so the girlfriend also became part of our uh, circle of friends. And this guy was very possessive of, about his girlfriend, so he said we should uh, watch over her for him. And then he had another older, matured friend who was also one of the watchmen over the lady. So that guy also became our friend. Then one day, and those days I used to go to Africa Hall a lot. I had some Bible study groups. I had a lot of friends that I follow up on. And one day I went, and while those of you who are familiar with Africa Hall, there are two blocks of story building. I was on one block. And then my friends called me from another block. He called me very loudly. Bishop, come, come, come. I said, what's going on? They know that if I come to Africa, or if I do all my rounds, bombs, I'll pass there. I said, no, 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 come right now. Hey, I've never seen those girls that aggressive before. So I cut my round short where I was, and then I went. As soon as I went, I knocked the open. As soon as I entered, they quickly slammed the door, and one of the ladies jumped behind the door and stood very, like a macho man, like a bodyguard behind the door. I said, hey, 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 don't let your mind go anywhere. <laughs> so I asked them, what is going on? He said, I should pray. 
Little I didn't understand. So me, I said a simple prayer. And after I said that simple prayer, they were relieved. And then uh, she released the door. We talked a little. And then this, our male friend watchman was also there. And then he left. After he left, then they began to tell me stories. They hadn't seen this guy in a very long while. So when he came, they were mad at him that, why, you, you don't check on us. You don't find out what is going on. Then the guy looked at them. He laughed. So, oh, but I know that you are fine. I know there's nothing wrong with you. Said, How do you know there's nothing wrong with us if you don't check on us? Then he showed them a ring that he was wearing. You see this ring? When I put oil on this ring, I can see anywhere in the world. And he said he has been seeing them every day. They are okay. They are cool. So there's no need to check on them. So what led, and mind you, one of them was a Christian. The other one was so struggling, I was witnessing to him, she was so struggling. So what led to that, their aggressive attitude? They said, I don't know how my name came in, but they said that the man said he wrapped oil on his ring and he tried to contact me and he had some serious issues. They didn't explain what the serious issues were. So suddenly these girls became afraid. Listen to me, church. I'm telling you this story not for anything. I'm only telling you, I want you to let you know that as Christians, we are marked with the Holy Spirit. Go and find out where it is in the Bible. Second assignment for today. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. God sets a wall of protection around us. But in spite of that basic protection, there are things we need to do to keep ourselves in that protection. That's why we encourage you to read your word. If you don't read your word, there's no word in you. When the devil comes at you, he will get you. You want evidence? Was Jesus Christ not protected? Was he not anointed with power? Was he not anointed with the Holy Spirit? How dare the devil attack him? If the devil attacked Jesus Christ, he will attack you. Who are you? He will attack me. And if he attacks me, the only way I can stand my ground is to stand in Christ and use the word of God just like Jesus Christ did and rebuke him with the word. And if he comes and there's no word in you, what are you going to say? What are you going to use? You said, Uncle Bishop, you said God has a word of protection around us, so I'm okay. You don't even know where that is in the scripture. What are you going to stand on? Some of you start praying in tongues and to be empty tongues. There's a part of a message that Dr. Otto preached recently. I've circulated it and I hope you get to see it. I will not talk about it. So go and look for the video and see it. He was talking about laziness in praying in tongues. How many of you have seen that video? A few of the facilitators have. Laziness in praying in tongues. No word. No word. No faith. No heart involvement. And that happens, number one, because you yourself, you don't even pray in the house in tongues. You don't understand fully what the scripture says about praying in tongues. 
You listen to what other people say. You watch what other people do and you mimic them. And so there's no power, there's no faith, there is no effect. Learn to pour out your heart to God. Learn to believe God in his word. Learn to obey his word. Learn to act on his word. That's what we call faith. Some of your faith only comes when you are praying for BEC. I'm going to write to you. You know you haven't learned. All the faith in the world comes. And I can tell you that faith is mere presumption. You know what presumption is? Presumption means that you are assuming that God will do it for you. You are not standing on scripture and saying that because God gave me this promise in this part of the Bible, I can stand on this promise and I can know that I will remember all I have studied and I will study. And then I go into the exam room, I will have peace of mind. I will remember and I will understand the questions and I will do my very best and leave the rest to the examiners to mark well under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Some of us write rubbish in the exams. And then we come and pray, oh God, miracle, 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 miracle. Lord, change, change the answers I wrote. Let the angels change the answers. Let the examiners not see what I have written, but let them see what you have given. Oh God, let it be. They start praying in tongues. That is not faith. That is what we call presumption. Don't presume. Have faith in God. Have faith in his word. That's why we encourage you to read the Bible. Read it for yourself. After all that you are saying, some of you are still not reading. Uh, if you don't read, we shall force you to read. If you push us, when we come on Sunday, we'll divide the church into two. Those who are not reading, they'll go into a corner and then go, go and read. And then the others will sit here and will preach to them or will discuss. Because you have to get into the word. You have to know the word. When people challenge you about the word, you must be able to stand on what you know and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to be able to confront them and to explain to them the way the Holy Spirit explains to you. But if there's no word in you, what is the Holy Spirit going to use? He has nothing to work with. So are we going to read our Bible? If you haven't started, next week, if you have finished reading the book of John, it's only 21 chapters, three chapters a day, but next week, Sunday, you'll have finished reading John. And then you continue with us. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form. In fact, the, the actual word used there is haya, and it means that the world became without form. We'll explore this much later on. What does it mean the world became without form? It was void. There was darkness on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was over the face of the earth. So when God created the earth, he created it without form. He created it void. He created it and it was in darkness. Is that how God works? 
it's, it's, it's not in consonance with the character of God's creation. If you read through our scripture, everything that God creates, everything that he does is excellent. He creates everything in order. He creates and makes everything beautiful. That is the way God does his things. When God gives birth to you, he doesn't give birth to you half. And then later he'll come and complete the other half. No, whatever he does is excellent. Whatever he does is perfect. So, to understand this scripture and to understand the subject that we are getting into, you need to understand what happened in verse 2 before the world became uh, without form and became darkness and it was void. God created the heavens and the earth in the very beginning and the earth became without form and void and darkness was all over the earth. Next week, we shall pick up from here. But throughout this week, I want you to ask, I want you to talk to God and ask him. Open my mind to understand Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Lord, what really happened? You'll notice that I like doing this a lot, and it's for a reason. Some of you have explained to you And those who take it serious, they benefit from it. One of the things that you will not often find me doing is praying for people. I'm not a pray for me, Pastor. It doesn't mean I don't pray for people. Sometimes I'll pray for you. But a lot of times, and those who have come to me with such issues, you know. You know how I do it. You come to me and say, Uncle Bijou, pray with me on this and this and this and this. I'll throw it back to you. I'll show you some scriptures and I'll ask you to go and pray using those scriptures. Go and pray yourself. You are just like me. You all have access to God. You all have access to Jesus Christ. You all have access to the word of God. In spite of the difference in our age, it doesn't make any difference. When you pray and God answers you, you have a certain belief and faith in God that God hears me also. And God answers my prayer. Something about you will change. But when every day you come, I pray for you, you get the results. You go, another problem, you come, I pray for you. When I'm not there, what will you do? You go and start looking for somebody else to pray for you. And that's where some of us start entering into a doctrines of error. We run from one program to the other. I'm not discouraging you from going for programs. Go for any programs that you can take. But get into the scriptures for yourself. When somebody says something, find out what the scripture says. And in this series, you're going, going to be doing a lot of research work in the Bible. We are going to investigate the Bible to understand what God did in creation and after The difficult aspect is to understand some of the things that God did before creation. Then why to take revelation? And that's why you must read the scriptures. You must discover it for yourself. Do you understand how Moses wrote the book of Genesis? Where was Moses when God was creating the earth? Where was he? His mother was not even yet born. But Moses wrote the book of Genesis. 
did he do it? He did it by revelation. The Spirit of God revealed to him. If the Spirit of God revealed to Moses even in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God that rests upon us will teach us and reveal to us what the Scripture says, what we need to know about the Scriptures and apply it to our lives. So our work with God is about the Bible. It's about applying the Bible. It's about reading the Bible. Next week we will continue from where we left off. This is just the beginning of the the second introduction. And so next week, don't let me ask any questions. We'll just come and then we'll zoom into the word of God. And we have to finish this series. You know, this is supposed to be part one of the introduction. And we have done part one A, we have done part one B, and next week we'll do part one C. Uh, I, I pray that the C will end this uh, part. But I want you to promise me that this week you will read the Bible. That this week you will talk to God. You will talk with God with your mind. You talk to God from your heart. The issues that are on your mind, you open up and talk to God. Get into a conversation with God. Get into the habit of hearing God for yourself. Ask him questions. He's your father. He wants to relate with you. So talk to him. Talk to him about what you don't understand. Talk to him about what you need. Talk to him about what he has revealed to you. Talk to him about salvation. Talk to him about the glory of God. Talk to him about the hope that you have in him. Don't just come to him and say, oh God, give me, God, give me, God, give me, God, give me. No, no, it's enough of the God, give me. Do you notice that today in our prayer time, there was nothing about praying, there was no prayer about God, give me, God, give me. When you pray about getting into God, understanding him, he who is all knowledge, he who is all wisdom, you will gain all that. And with it will come money. With it will come good grades. With it will come power. But don't go chasing after power. Don't go chasing after grades. Don't go chasing after money. Chase after the source. Follow God. Love God. Serve him with all your heart. Desire to be more and more like him. And he will be pleased with you. And like we saw from Job, you will have a prosperous life and you will be successful. Amen. Uncle Solo, please come and lead us in prayer and close the service.